Let's say drug plan prices that you were promised change within a month after you enroll. It's actually more common than you think. We'll talk about that and other things to think about on this edition of Aging Options. The following is a paid program on this station. Aging Options, how can we help? It's time to know your options and master your future. My life, my plan, my way. LifePoint Law presents Aging Options with elder law attorney and life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich. Health, housing, finance, legal, and family. Know your options. Aging Options is not a law firm, but Rajiv is a lawyer. You should not reveal things you wish to keep confidential in this public setting. This program offers general advice. Having your questions answered does not create an attorney-client relationship. Contact your attorney or other professional to discuss your unique needs before taking any action related to the subjects discussed in this program. Now, here is nationally recognized retirement planning authority and host of national public television program, Master Your Future, Rajiv Nagayich, as well as his co-host, Tariq Ansari. And good morning. Good morning, one good morning all. Welcome to another edition of Aging Options. I am Tariq Ansari, and Rajiv is out this week, but in just a moment I'll tell you who we have sitting in, a very special, special guest host indeed by the name of, oh, but I'll tell you in a minute. You better stay tuned because I'm going to tell you what the stories are first. Coming up, we're going to be talking about, as mentioned in the open, how drug plan prices can spike after you enroll, sometimes within just a couple of weeks. Also, giving money to your adult kids. People my age, in their early 20s, it can be a bad idea. And the fact that I'm delivering that story, despite how that might benefit me, says a lot about how serious that issue might be. Also, it's always good to get a second opinion for major operations and surgeries. Don't let the first doctor be the only doctor that tells you it. And also, it's time to consider a Medicare annuity. And if you are considering it, you should do your homework. Don't go with the first person you talk to. Kind of like the story before. And ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder... Those stories are big and very important, but the most important stories are your stories, and we are here to hear your stories until 11 o'clock. So give us a call, 1-800-465-8770. Again, 1-800-465-8770. Our board op, Ben, very talented at taking calls, so much so that by the time you finish dialing, he will have already picked up the phone before the rings even start. It's incredible. The technology is immense. 1-800-465-8770. Please do give us a call. And now our guest host for today, a Northwest native, a guy who has been on the show many times before, has guest hosted before, a graduate of the George Washington University Law School with honors, LifePoint Law's own Scott Schill. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tarek. Hi, everybody. I'm very pleased to be here once again. Yeah, we're glad to have you back here. Obviously, very popular uh, appearance last time. I think it was in late March uh, that you came on the show last. And, um, you know, you, uh, we had a lot of fans saying, oh, my gosh, Scott, Scott. Okay, they didn't say that. They weren't. They, it wasn't like Beatlemania. But it was an excellent time talking with you then to get a fresh perspective on things. And, if uh, you know, the, cool, the only cool thing about Rajiv not being here, because he's obviously, you know, excellent to have on the air, is when he isn't here, um, when he's uh, attending to his own matters, occasionally we can get a bit of a different perspective and keep things a bit fresh and that's i think of the great thing about having individuals like you or bob Pittman on is because you know we can get that kind of fresh perspective so again ladies and gentlemen if you call into the show regu- regularly and we know there's a lot of you out there and you have questions that you've had answered before and maybe you're looking for a new perspective on things hey the number to call is 1-800-465-8770 again 
800-242-8770. Now, let's get uh, into these stories here, which, by the way, in case you're wondering, each week we talk about four stories uh, every single Saturday, and they're all provided to us by the great Tony Bolin, and they're all available at agingoptions.com slash blog post. And uh, you go to the blog section, and there's just some great readings here. And uh, we're going to get into the four here in this first segment. And the first one really was – I read this, and I was like, oh, my gosh. That, that, this, ew, gosh, I was scared. Actually, shivers went down my spine. Uh, and it essentially talks about how drug plan prices, uh, which can be like promised at a certain price after you enroll, can completely change. And uh, it sounds a lot like uh, shiftiness, to say the least. And uh, this is not uh, an isolated incident. I mean, a recent expose from the Kaiser Health News showed that this is actually quite a popular thing for certain companies to do to get as much profit as possible, Scott. Yeah, it definitely feels a little bit like a, a bait and switch. And, uh, you know, you talked about getting a little different perspective. My perspective overall is that, you know, the longevity revolution means that uh, our most productive and creative period, you know, really starts when we leave full-time work. And it, we all want the same thing. We want to be healthy, engaged, and relaxed. We value autonomy and independence, family and community. We reject the nursing home. And that's that's the success. That's modern retirement. And so one, what's that? I was going to say what. So one important piece of that is, hey, as we're getting ready for retirement, we do want to lock in our uh, health insurance. We want to have Medicare. So it's frustrating to find some of the uh, some of the hoops and challenges that Medicare presents. And I think we're going to have a couple of a uh, couple of topics here that are going to address that. This article uh says essentially that you're you enroll your medicare plan in december and beginning early january they raise uh, uh drug prices which means that no matter how conscientious or careful or thoughtful uh you are in selecting your medicare part d plan it's it's uh there is simply no uh, opportunity to um, to avoid. So they, they, I, I thought it was fascinating, Tarek. We have the story here of uh, Linda Griffith, who yeah. did her homework, did all the right things, and she had a medication that's $70 a month. She chose a Humana plan for that reason. And in January, she goes to fill her uh, her prescription, and all of a sudden, it's two hundred and it's over two hundred dollars. And she's uh, she's blindsided and shocked and uh, starts raising a fuss about it. And um, that's how we get this article, incidentally. But um, uh, it really underlies a structural problem with our, uh, our insurance. And it's exacerbated by the fact that uh, it used to be most insurance plans had a copay for uh, drugs. And now many of them have switched over to coinsurance, which means you pay a percentage of the uh, the drug cost. So it's another way that our insurance system is offloading the risk onto us. Yeah, they're not as on a hook for the profit uh, for the money at least. I mean, obviously from their perspective, very economically sound. But for our perspective, 
getting screwed over, it seems like is, I mean, a 200% increase is incredible. That's just one of the stories we're talking about today. Again, if you have a question, if you maybe have an experience with that, if that's happened to you, because it's happened to a lot of people, uh, at least from what I'm reading here, 1-800-465-8770. Uh, do give us a call, 1-800-465-8770. Obviously, a very interesting story there, Scott. Yeah, before we move on to the next story, I just want to say that um, it highlights to me the real importance of, you know, flipping the script on, on insurance. So much of our insurance system is oriented towards uh, fee-for-service, fixing you after you get ill. And, you know, one, one thing that we can do, we talked about we don't have much control in this situation, but we really can take control uh, and flip the script on insurance by working through and picking the right plans that can focus on uh, not getting ill in the first place. And so really uh, identifying and selecting your plans with an eye towards prevention is uh, is one step we can take. That's great advice right there. Scott Schill, again, come, come in here with a dub, uh, as uh, kids my age like to say. And speaking of kids my age, I'm 22. Some of you, what the heck? What? Gen Zer? My gosh. Don't worry. Don't worry. I don't have TikTok. It's okay. I don't fall into all my generation's downfalls. But this next story, I'm not just saying that just to say that. This next story is about uh, how parents giving money to adult children and how that might put their own financial health at risk. Uh, and this is honestly something I've seen a lot in, in my life with a lot of my peers is uh, grandparents or parents, aunts or uncles, you know, uh, godfathers, godmothers, whatever it be whatever situation that might be, they are investing so much money in their kids or in their uh, in their loved ones who are maybe graduating from high school or college that they don't leave enough money for themselves. And uh, this uh, 2021 CNBC report uh, backs that up. It's from reporter Michelle Fox. And it's just... It really is quite incredible, especially when you consider the um this the recent COVID-19 pandemic. This uh, problem has only gotten worse. Well, yeah, it surprised me. So, Tark, have you ever, uh, uh, your parents ever given you money? So, yeah, they, they occasionally will. I mean, for things they want to. Like, I always had to pay for video games, obviously. Uh, but uh, they they provided my, my college fund. I would say they have provided a college fund to me, yes. Sure, sure. And do they expect to be paid back, or is that part of, as you call it, an investment in your future? It's part of an investment in my future. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, I was surprised, separate, uh, separate from funding college and so forth, that I think during uh, the COVID pandemic, nearly half of U.S. parents helped support their children financially. That That's the number that uh, caught me by surprise. And it was up, you know, five to ten percent of uh, parents' income was going towards their kids. You know, the well, uh-oh, getting a feedback. What's interesting here to me is, uh, you know, the bigger picture is, hey, finances can be a source of <laughs> a family conflict, and it's very predictable and I think preventable um, with a little bit of transparency. So what the the, the Big takeaway here, and I will hopefully get a little more chance opportunity to talk about this a little bit later on. But the big takeaway here, which I thought was very sound advice and made sense to me, is if you are going to help out a family member, a child, don't structure it as a loan. When you structure things as a loan and have an expectation of getting paid back, uh, that often leads to unintended consequences, including you know, family, uh, a breach of family harmony. 
And so I think it is a smart, uh, you know, certainly all, we do want to help our kids and circumstances arise. Uh, it's good to think about it as a gift with no expectation of return. And then secondarily, you got to make sure that it makes sense in your financial plan. You know, it's like in the airplane where they say, hey, before you put on the, the oxygen mask on your kid, you got to put it on yourself first. Yeah. And so to me, that means... You know, look at your big financial picture, your your assets, your retirement income, your expenses, so that you have comfort around the fact that, hey, I can I can make this gift uh, without concern about it uh, having a really profoundly uh, negative impact on our retirement. That's 100 percent true. I, I have a lot of friends who've had that loan issue uh, who have strained relationships with their parents now. And I think that's great to mention that because it's very concerning. And speaking of concerning, if that has happened to you or anything we've mentioned so far, again, the number uh, for you to call is 1-800-465-8770. we got our professional board op, Ben, waiting to take your call. He's so good at picking up the phone that he actually won an award for it at the, uh, at the radio awards <laughs> for phone picking up. Uh, didn't think that was an award, but he actually invented the award. Very, very talented. So do give him a call, 1-800-465-8770. We are here with you until 11 o'clock. Now, two more stories I want to get into before we get to the break here, Scott. And um, the, the third one, I think, uh, to me, this is a no-brainer, honestly. Like, it's great that this is mentioned, and I appreciate Tony for bringing this up, but it's a no-brainer. When your doctor recommends a major surgery or treatment, you need a second opinion to be make to make sure you're you're ma making the best choice. I mean, to me, especially with grandparents who have uh, ha gotten second opinions, and half the time they've been different from the first opinion. Uh, I, I think this is uh, a slam dunk. Absolutely, you should do this. I mean, I, I assume you would feel the same way. Well, the takeaway definitely is that uh, you ought to do it because. The, stat, the statistics are, are pretty shocking, to me at least. They, they had a study here that the Mayo Clinic uh, analyzed that the cases that were referred to them as a second, for a second opinion, only 12% of them, uh, deter, uh, the, the, the first opinion was determined to be complete and correct. 88% of them had, had some at least uh, revision or uh, a difference in the in the diagnosis, and 20% of them were markedly different. So I completely agree with you, Tarek, that the importance of doing so is just really borne out in the data. However, it's me, you know, there, is it a no-brainer? I mean, there's other things that get in the way, I think. Number one is insurance doesn't cover it. So people have to take oh, this uh, out-of-pocket uh, expense, which is another gap in our system that I think uh, – you know, is is immoral, to be honest with you. I just cannot believe that uh, we would sacrifice uh, accuracy um, for, for finances. Some people don't have that option. The second thing that I thought was interesting about this article that was positive was second opinions now uh, can be done virtually. Some of the, some of the very prestigious uh, medical centers around the country, Duke, the Mayo Clinic, Yale, Cleveland Clinic, will... Uh, collect all the information and be able to offer a second opinion virtually, which I think is a, is a very uh, positive development. But I, I don't know if you caught this, Derek, in reading the article, but they quote uh, a, a Dr. Rasmussen from the Cleveland Clinic who is, is promoting the virtual second opinion. And he says, 
we do all the work for the patients. They don't have to be an expert in navigating the healthcare system to get those records. And it's just an aside, but I think it is intimidating thinking about having to navigate the healthcare system. And we've all been in that situation where we go to another doctor and we have to get the records. And, and so even though it's a no-brainer, this is obviously uh, an effective and necessary step. I think that our, our system puts up roadblocks, uh, financial, uh, bureaucratic, um, that make it not, an, not, not a simple uh, thing to do for lots of people. That's a great point, honestly. I hadn't thought of that, and I think it's it's good that gets mentioned because I I would say maybe my thought process was more of the common thought that okay, well, duh. But obviously, that is good. The red tape of it is something I hadn't considered. That's an excellent point, Scott. Scott, another uh, dub. He's got, he's got two wins on the day. The, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I think the third thing that I'd also add is, especially for mature adults, uh, there is a deference to your doctor. Uh, into medical authority, which is appropriate because they are trained and they do they do things well. But, uh, you know, the elephant in the room is when you seek a second opinion, uh, how is your doctor going to respond to that? And I think uh, while they're supposed to be very cooperative, and I think most of them are facilitated, um, it just highlights that sometimes things that are no-brainer for one's health are not quite as easy to execute. And it those obstacles get in the way of people uh, getting the right outcomes yeah i think that's that's a good that's a good point i think that's good to add on um obviously to that to that story again another one that's you can find at the aging options website go to agingoptions.com go to blog posts and you will find all of these excellent stories there's a fourth one on there but we're a little over for a break so we're going to get into that next one in the next segment uh but until then if you'd like to give us a call because i mean let's be fair the most important story is your story 1-800-465-8770. Again, that number to call is 1-800-465-8770. Scott, it's time for the break, but you know what that means, right? What year was it? That's right. Thank you very much, sir. What year was it? That's right. I instantly become a game show host for the last minute of each segment on the show. It's part of the contract. What year was it? When the Voting Rights Act was passed, when, get this, a 6.5 magnitude earthquake hit Seattle, all right? I did did my research, let's be fair. Uh, Average gas was 31 cents a gallon, and this was the most popular song of the year. It's always great to play a California song in Washington. It fits so well. So what year did that song come out? 1963, 1964, or 1965? Uh, Stay tuned, because we'll give you the answer right at 1059. So get your guesses in and get your questions in at 1-800-465-8770. Next segment, we're going to be talking about the fourth story, your calls, and also the next Life Planet event for Life Point Lots in Olympia next Saturday. And we'll get more into that after this commercial break. You are listening to... Aging Options, right here on AM770 KTTH. It's your turn to join the program. Give us a call at 800-465-8770. Once again, that toll-free number is 800-465-8770. Aging Options will be right back after this. Does someone you love need care in the home? An elderly parent or relative? A spouse dealing with a long-term illness? Maybe a family member facing a disability. 
HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. Whether you need help on a full-time basis or just a few hours a week, our trained and experienced caregivers are matched to meet your needs. We can even help with access to on-call physician support along with in-home care. Why not let our family take care of yours? HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006, 253-564-1006, or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. HomeWatch Caregivers, let our family take care of yours. You know, I'm not a wealthy person, but I'd like to leave a little something to my kids when I'm gone. Actually, there's someone who gets first shot at your assets when you die, before your kids can even touch them, the tax collector and creditors. I don't know much about estate and inheritance taxes. I've heard about changes in tax laws, but it's a little complicated, so I just try not to worry about it. Far too often, the cost of probate and estate taxes forces children to sell off their parents' assets, leaving little for them. I'd at least like for them to have this house. After all, they grew up here and... We'd like to keep it in the family. They say you can't take it with you. (laughs) I just didn't realize it was the tax collector who said it. The elder law attorneys at LifePoint Law understand probate and estate taxes. They know how to protect your assets and your legacy. You can trust LifePoint Law and Rajiv Nagayich. Call 877-ELDER-47. That's 877-ELDER-47. This is Rajiv Nagaj. With over a decade of experience practicing elder law, without hesitation, I can say that traditional estate planning can prove to be a recipe for disaster. Simply having a will or trust, powers of attorney, and living will does not fully protect your assets or help keep you out of institutional care settings or prevent your incapacity from becoming a burden on your loved ones. Join me at the next seminar and let me show you how to avoid the mistakes I see too many retirees make in planning for retirement today. Take the first step to a successful retirement plan. Attend the next LifePoint Law Retirement Seminar in Olympia, Saturday, May 21st, or in Lakewood, June 4th. Planning now is essential to saving money and avoiding hardship later. Visit LifePointLaw.com or call 253-838-3454. 253-838-3454. Call LifePoint Law today. 253-838-3454. Listen to the show every week. You guys do a great job. We were in Portland, heading south, and we are about 20 miles southwest of Salem, Oregon, and you guys are coming in loud and clear. Loud and clear? Oh, my gosh. High five to the transmitters from KTTH. Shout out to Bonneville, Seattle. We're transmitting well. Welcome back to Aging Options right here. On AM 770 KTTH, we're transmitting well is not a sentence I thought I would say when I woke up this morning, Scott. Uh, but it, you know, it worked out that way. We got Scott Schill of LifePoint Law with us here today in for Rajiv. I am Tarek Ansari. And if you'd like to join the show, the phone number to call is 1-800-465-8770. Again, that number to call, and please do so because we are here to take your questions, is 1-800-465-8770. So, Scott. We have some callers, so let's get right to it. Don calling in from Seattle. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks. Hi. Hey, uh, I was really um, surprised at your 
um, suggestion when it comes to uh, loaning money. And I, I, I'm 63 years old, and I have not uh, been very wise with uh, my attitude towards borrowing money. And so this is coming from um, life experience. But to me, the best thing a parent could do, number one, when they set up um, helping their children, number one, don't structure it in a way that they're going to fail. And each child could be a little bit different, and so the strategy would have to be a little bit different. But to me, if you taught a child the importance of paying back a loan and the importance of you know understanding how somebody's putting their trust in them, then you could set up a, a lifelong process that could um, uh, put them in such a better financial situation because they have, from early age, established uh, connections of people that um, trust them to pay them back. Um, and, and this kind of comes from a backdrop. I've recently come across some information where the, the people's opinion is that our education system is, is basically designed to artificially extend childhood into the late, you know, twenties. And I look back at my experience in schooling and that's exactly what, uh, I think I allowed myself to be manipulated into is is you know hmm. instead of becoming an adult a functional yeah. uh you know so i just wondering why you would why you would counsel somebody to not structure it where uh, you're teaching uh, a young person to the value of paying it back yeah that's really interesting well i think the the, the key thing is there's the uh there's the idea and then there's the execution and so I could not agree with you more that uh, the importance of teaching financial responsibility and accountability uh, is uh, can't be overstated. But what happens is in the execution. And when you talk to the um, the experts, the finance, financial planners and, and lawyers out there, the common theme is uh, when parents do give their money to give uh, kids money on as a loan and set terms for it it doesn't end up being paid back or it ends up creating conflict between them the parent the kids kind of feel uh, ashamed that they're not paying back and they pull away and the parents is always in the background that wait a minute you didn't make that payment in the last couple of months but they don't want to talk about it so it's just recognizing the reality that in practice, uh, structuring things that way, as well-intentioned as it is, has by and large the result of uh, rather than uh, the child learning a valuable lesson, it ends up interfering with family harmony. And so the idea here is, hey, you know, when you're making, as you're thinking about gifting to your child, uh, you know, think about it in a way that will not interfere with the relationship, number one, and also won't interfere with your retirement, too, because if you loan them a lot of money with the expectation that it'll be paid back because that money is essential for your retirement, then it's even a deeper, a deeper potential source of strength. Um, so sure. I'm interested. Or, or yeah. it could, or it could um, to, to me, again, it, 
I've got a life experience of this, and, and now I can look back and go, my goodness, I wish my parents and I had looked at it this way, um, or I wish I had looked at it a, a different way so that my wording to them, my conversations to them would have been different and likely in a different outcome. But if you, to me, again, it, it's re- I'm really focused on this allowing a childhood mentality to be carried into yeah. the late 20s and early 30s. To me, it seems like you, it's all in structuring. If, to me, like my latest thing in the last year or two, it's like when I talk to people about doing a project or something, I said, hey, look, let's do it like a bank. The banks usually don't fail, you know, on, on loans. Let's structure it like a, a bank does. So if you have an adult business-like frame of mind, then that's what you're going to teach that young person to move out of an adolescent attitude into an adult attitude. Attitude. And now the parents might even be getting some interest paid back. So um, if you want to stay – anyway, I appreciate the, the feedback and everything, and I'll, I'll listen to the rest of your – I would like to ask you a couple questions. Can I ask you a question, Don, before you go? Sure, sure. sure. So did you, you – do you made a loan to your, your children? Well, I don't. I don't have any children. I figured that I was a divorce, looking for a place to happen, and and I didn't want to have kids. Uh, if I didn't. There were you situations with my parents and I. Gotcha, gotcha. And they loaned you money for school, and and uh, that turned out to be a uh, a yoke around your neck. Sounds like. No, no, less less things than that. Because again, I'm 63, and and so I went to um, uh, I I chose to go to uh, Votex, and um, that's a whole other story there. If I told you what I make every year with the low education I have, um, it might be an eye opener for or for some kids. Um, I don't think that I took schooling seriously enough to um, go become indebted, but um, I make very high wages for my schooling but i I just different loans for like buying the first piece of property and then and not being disciplined enough to pay that back in a timely fashion and um i i just think that if if you you know expect high things from from your kids that they they will perform and i think you can't do i had three uh, uh three other siblings and my parents thought that the best thing to do is treat everybody fair. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Everyone's a little bit different. And again, I don't have kids, so, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I think if you structure it and, and the, the reference to the bank is if you don't follow the rules, the bank takes something from you. So that has to be part of the structure is that not only, you know, if they don't pay it back, they lose something. That's, that's life. So um, I would like to see it where if you're moved in with your parents, you pay them uh, a, a, a fair, um, you know, rent. If you borrow something, you you pay it back, and if you don't can't afford the interest um, payment, also, then you just make a few extra payments on the on the end of the loan. But become an adult. That's what's going to get us out of this situation that we're in is becoming adults adults becoming better adults and and, and adolescents becoming good adults but any yeah, other questions true. before i hang up and listen to you sure that sounds good thank you i, I appreciate that feedback 
The, uh, and I don't disagree. I think we both agree on the importance of uh, financial responsibility. Uh, I, the, the, the issue is, you know, if a parent is, is giving money to a child uh, as a bank, then that creates the, the uh, yeah, just... potential tensions around noncompliance and those things. Uh, so one way to do it is to gift it. One way to do it is to set up as a loan. One way to do it is to say, go get the bank, go, go get the loan from the bank itself. Um, um, but anyway, and, that's, that's, and Scott, uh, and Scott, if I, if I could interject for a, Don, if I could, uh, if you're still there, I want, um, I just want to say, like, as someone who is, like, recently, I don't know if I'd still be called a kid. I guess I'm a young, I'm an adult kid now if I'm 22. I, I would have to say, I mean, with, with my parents at least, I, they did instill a lot of the things you said, by the way, Don, are, are, are so, such great ideas and such great things to teach. But I think two things can be true at once where you can teach your, your child – to pay back on time or else you lose this or that. In my case, when I, you know, didn't do a certain thing on time, kind of like chores, I would lose video games, that kind of thing. That can still be incentivized. But what can also be true is it can be uh, discouraged uh, to take loans if you, uh, unless you absolutely have to. Because the, the, the loan culture with credit cards and uh, with, you know, with layaway and all and all of those things uh I, there's a my parents at least dis, discouraged me from taking loans out from them unless it was a last resort but they also taught me the the financial responsibility at the same time so i think both things can be true uh and i i feel like i'm in a good place now and i know ben um our board op who's also uh, at my age as well i'm not sure your experience as well but i i feel like that's like being financially responsible while also maybe being disencouraged from uh, taking loans or maybe like seeking uh, not seeking loans as much as uh, others would. Would that be something you would like you would agree with in your situation, too? Yeah. And I have I have also a slightly different situation from you, Tariq, in that like so for me, rather than, you know, a if you you know, if you don't pay back the money, you'd lose this thing. For me, it was if I did chores, I would get an allowance. Yeah. And. If I wanted my parents to buy me something and I couldn't afford it myself, then I would not get my allowance until it had paid that off. There was no interest or anything like that, but it was basically a, okay, you know, it, it's not a loan per se, but it is sort of like a withholding, sort of like, you know, government withholding almost. Yeah, exactly. And it, it teaches you for the future, Ben, like it taught me yeah. in the future my own way. And I I think the point I'm trying to make here is that we are learning these things, and I think it is good to bring up things like, you know, what what – things kids like kids and like children should learn growing up as far as financial responsibility and maybe some parents are better than others with that i know my dad was a stickler on it um yeah. uh, because he he worked in that industry but uh, i think what i will say this don i think you've opened up an excellent uh, an excellent can of worms and i don't say that as an insult i say like you have brought up an excellent conversation which is why we've gone over on this segment because i think what you brought up is an excellent excellent point and a lot of great ideas and i think you are your hearts in the right place i i obviously have a couple disagreements with with it but i think i, I think we both agree that uh financial responsibility is something that should be prioritized uh among people my age and maybe a few years younger so yeah. i really do appreciate you coming on and saying that and if i can jump back in a little bit real quick here i think like as well another bit that i was sort of leading up to with the different experience i had so for my senior year of high school uh my government class was basically merged with an economics class. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like one of the main focuses of that class was like teaching through practical exercises how, you know, capitalism works. Like one of the things we did was uh, for a project, we would pick 
stocks and then basically like pretend invest in them uh, and follow them throughout the rest of the school year to basically get an understanding of how the stock market works. And then we also did like a basically market simulation to, you know, get a sense of supply and demand. And a big sort of theme in that class was never, ever sign up for a loan unless you know for a fact you can pay it off because you are paying like because interest is fundamentally it is you are paying an amount of money to reduce the amount of time it will take for you to have a particular amount of money. Exactly. Hey, and, gentlemen, Ben, if I can inter- interject here, as an elder law attorney, I think the bigger issue is uh, money and family. Yeah, and that that's sort of where I was going with this as well. Like, I think it is not the role of the family to necessarily teach those things. It should be, at least, the role of the education system. I mean, yeah. it, it's in the name, education. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think, well, uh, let me tell yeah. I mean, as, as someone who's had a lot of experience from as an elder law attorney, uh, finances, financial issues are the primary driver of family conflict. And we're talking about it in this context about loaning money to your kids, but it's also in, you know, if, if your family needs to help step up and manage your affairs and one kid is managing your money, that creates issues. If one child is caring for the parents and uh, not getting paid for it, that, that creates issues among the siblings. And so I think that the takeaway, which is uh, consistent here, is to the extent that you can uh, be as clear and transparent and um, around issues, well, you know, in my practice, all these issues are entirely preventable. Uh, yeah. They're the very predictable sources of conflict. You get ahead of it with a, with a plan, which is one of the things Rajiv does. Um, and the same here, uh, which is, hey, to the extent possible, keep keep finances and family separate. When you are going to uh, uh, circumstances arise, uh, make it as simple as possible. And then, um, yeah, if you can throw in an education component at the same time, that's great. Exactly. No, I think that's a great point. And uh, Scott, I'll tell you what, you just mentioned what Rajiv talks about, but hold on a second. What What, what if Rajiv could have an event, an event, and this is a man who hosts radio shows and TV shows, an event where you can go in person and learn even more about what Rajiv talks about with life planning, with goals he has set out for individuals like you out there listening. What if there's an event like this? Oh, wait a minute, there is! Next Saturday, May 21st, 1.30 p.m., there is a live planning event, a seminar happening in Olympia. So I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't mentioned it yet today. We really teased it after the first segment, but I could not go any further without mentioning it's going to be a big event next Saturday, the 21st, in Olympia. So for those of you listening in who, oh, well, I can't go to the one in Federal Way. It's too far away. You have no excuse. All right, I see you out there at the Capitol Mall listening in on your headphones. Oh, my gosh, I wish I could go. Well, you can. It's in Olympia next Saturday, May 21st, 1.30 p.m. The best part, Scott, you want to know what the best part is? What is the best part, Tar? It's absolutely free. I mean, you, you sign up by going to LifePointLaw.com, and do you know where it says pay here? It No, it says nowhere because it's free. And ladies and gentlemen, on a Saturday afternoon in May, I mean, on top when you're getting close to summer in, in like the Puget Sound, it's a wonderful time to be out and about. And no better way to be about, out and about in the middle of May than while learning something like you will with Rajiv Nagayach at this Life Planet event. Again, May 21st, next Saturday. 
Can I add, Tarek, that, you know, our conversation, which I've really enjoyed thus far, has really highlighted that retirement is complicated. There's a lot of issues. My yes. Medicare, my medic, you know, my, my prescription drugs, all these, all these things come to do it. My, my healthcare. How do you wrestle all this? You know, this complicated stuff. You got to simplify it. How do you simplify? How do you bring all these issues into one sort of master plan that works together and works together towards what you care about most, which is, Hey, I don't want my family in conflict. I don't want to be a burden on my family. I don't want to be in a nursing home. Um, you know, and I want to make sure that I don't run out of money. Uh, and how do I empower my family so that they know what to do and uh, without uh, imposing on their lives? That's really what this uh, this seminar on Saturday, May 21st at 1.30 in Olympia, that's what Rajiv is going to uh, describe, how to put it all together into one, to simplify, succeed, and to empower your your family. Exactly. So check it out. Hundred percent. You should absolutely check it out. Scott says it. I've said it, and Ben's gonna say it right now. Ben, should they check it out? Yes, they should. Absolutely. That's right. All right. Again, May twenty first, one thirty p.m. in Olympia. We are so overdue for a break. We had such an interesting conversation that I lost track of time. So we have to play what year was it very quickly. So what year was it when the Voting Rights Act was passed? When a, a six point five magnitude earthquake shook Seattle? When the average gas price was just thirty one cents a gallon, and now it's thirty one dollars a gallon. Much different times nowadays. And this was the most popular song of the year. Brian Wilson was one heck of a songwriter. He wrote that one. California Girls by the Beach Boys. What year was it released? 1963, 1964, or 1965? We'll give you the answer in just about oh, 17, 18 minutes or so. So stay tuned. And if you have a question, do give us a call. 1-800-465-8770. 1-800-465-8770. Dolly from Issaquah, you're up next right after this break. You are listening Two aging options right here on AM 770 KTTH. We're here to take your questions. The number to call is 800 465 8770. Once again, that toll free number is 800 465 8770. Rajiv and Tarek will be right back after this. Safe, independent, living in comfortable surroundings. That's where we all want to be. It's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives, even as they age. How do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the cost and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006 or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. HomeWatch Caregivers. Let our family take care of yours. You know, I'm not a wealthy person, but I'd like to leave a little something to my kids when I'm gone. Actually, there's someone who gets first shot at your assets when you die, before your kids can even touch them, the tax collector and creditors. I don't know much about estate and inheritance taxes, 
I've heard about changes in tax laws, but it's a little complicated, so I just try not to worry about it. Far too often, the cost of probate and estate taxes forces children to sell off their parents' assets, leaving little for them. I'd at least like for them to have this house. After all, they grew up here, and we'd like to keep it in the family. They say you can't take it with you. I just didn't realize it was the tax collector who said it. The elder law attorneys at LifePoint Law understand probate and estate taxes. They know how to protect your assets and your legacy. You can trust LifePoint Law and Rajiv Nagayach. Call 877-ELDER-47. That's 877-ELDER-47. This is Rajiv Nagaj. With over a decade of experience practicing elder law, without hesitation, I can say that traditional estate planning can prove to be a recipe for disaster. Simply having a will or trust, powers of attorney, and living will does not fully protect your assets or help keep you out of institutional care settings or prevent your incapacity from becoming a burden on your loved ones. Join me at the next seminar and let me show you how to avoid the mistakes I see too many retirees make in planning for retirement today. Take the first step to a successful retirement plan. Attend the next LifePoint Law Retirement Seminar in Olympia, Saturday, May 21st, or in Lakewood, June 4th. Planning now is essential to saving money and avoiding hardship later. Visit LifePointLaw.com or call 253-838-3454. 253-838-3454. Call LifePoint Law today. 253-838-3454. I flew to Seattle was really to see how Rajiv's vision of serving clients differs from the usual elder law estate planning practice. Rajiv has developed a view of service that really transcends the way the rest of us uh, typically handle our planning. He wants people to really think about housing and their financial future and the issues of aging and care. And it is superior to almost any other elder law practice that you would go into. Welcome back. Aging options right here on AM 770 KTTH. Hey, if that's not evidence, I mean, he flew into Seattle. Scott Schill, who is with us in for Rajiv of LifePoint Law. Uh, Scott, he flew into Seattle to, to talk with Rajiv and to learn about his what, what he does at these seminars. So I think, honestly, if you're living in Puget Sound, you're getting some uh, pretty well-renowned advice and some excellent information. Again, that's happening, um, that seminar that we mentioned, May 21st. Uh, that's well, next Saturday, 1 p.m. in Olympia. I can personally uh, vouch that uh, what Rajiv, you know, sometimes you have to uh, look outside the box and, and see a problem. And Rajiv is one of those fearless people that uh, that looked at how uh, aging in America was working and said, hey, we've got to do it better. And so he genuinely did something uh, unique. And so that's that's you should check out on May 21st in Olympia at 130 and um, and learn. You should learn. I'm, we're telling you, you should learn. It's it's a good idea. It's free, and you sign up by going to LifePointLaw.com. Now let's get to the phone lines. Dolly from Issaquah, uh, you've been holding since the break. We appreciate that. Thank you so much, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. We have an elderly friend who has. We have an elderly friend who has no living relatives, and um, she has turned to us for assistance in processing paperwork, etc. She's attempting to qualify for state aid. Total assets cannot possibly exceed $4,000. But the state is saying 
that they cannot help us help her without powers of attorney. And we're not certain if we need anything beyond medical and financial power of attorney. Okay. So let me uh, uh, make sure I understand the situation. So you have a friend that uh, you're trying to qualify for Medicaid, I assume. And uh, she has limited resources. She has about $4,000. Is that, is that right? This is true. What's that? Yes. Yes. She has limit, very, very, very limited resources and um, is in early stages of Alzheimer's and has asked us to help her so she can avoid becoming a guardian of the state. And they have indicated we need power of attorney, but they've not been specific what we need. And so we're, I'm calling to find out what we would need and if there's anything we need to avoid. <laughs> Good questions. Well, first of all, uh, bless you for stepping in and helping friend. That's lovely. And, um, yeah, in order to uh, to have authority to make decisions and to help your friends, uh, you'll need a power of attorney, power of attorney for health care and a power of attorney for finances. And it, you cut out there, but does okay. your friend, uh, you said she had early, early stages, but does she, um, does she have uh, capacity? In other words, she doesn't have uh, cognitive challenges. Is she okay? Uh, she does not have cognitive ta- challenges to the extent that she's completely unaware. But, she, you know, she mixes up the dates, um, has some definite problems with recall, and um, is showing a decline in the ability to manage particularly her financial affairs and mm-hmm. is not real aware of when her next doctor's appointment is or and when or if she might have something wrong with her. Right. Yeah, so she she needs help for sure. Uh, sounds like she so the before, uh, so two things. We want to get uh, someone to be able to make decisions to help her. And it sounds like you're ready and willing to do that. And in order to uh, have that authority, you need to get a power of attorney in place, uh, which uh, I know LifePoint Law can help. Any attorney can help you do that. Um, okay. And then... The second question is, I, I, sorry, I couldn't quite understand her financial situation, uh, but uh, actually I think one story we're going to talk about here is how to um, uh, Medicaid. So Medicaid, I'll give me, I'll just give you a minute on that process that your friend is uh, uh, applying for. So first of all she has she has no more than four thousand dollars to her name she has very few assets in fact so few assets she leaves the door to her apartment undone you want to come in and get it help yourself and so she has oh my (laughs) so she has she has nothing she's felt that way forever this is not a new development and so uh she really has she really has nothing. She has no living relatives and has asked us if we would help her. And so then we've uh, been in touch with the state, and the state is saying that we need power of attorney in order to step forward. And so the only other thing I'm thinking of is what do we do as far as the bank is concerned? She 
needs to do spend down in order to qualify. And we've convinced her to pay her utilities and things of that nature in advance. So she gets down to the $2,000. And uh, so that's going well for that concern. But I didn't know if we might need an additional power of attorney for taxes. And how do we handle this with the bank? Well, let me give you let me give you two quick uh, thoughts, Dolly. Number one is when you're talking about spending down, uh, Medicaid permits uh, you can do certain exempt expenditures. So, for example, you could uh, prepay funeral expenses with that money, rather than having that money uh, go towards care expenses that the state will pick up. You can exempt that by prepaying your funeral expenses to, to get down to two thousand dollars. There are several different ways that you can more productively spend that money down uh, than giving it over for care expenses that uh, the state's going to pick up. That's number one. Yeah. Number two is just to be clear that because this is a big misconception, you may be very well aware of it. But when people think of Medicaid, they think of the nursing home. And that's one of the big misconceptions. And I just want to be uh, clear that me Medicaid, we call it a uh, Medicaid waiver programs, especially in Washington, uh, will provide in-home care services in certain circumstances if you qualify. Uh, so and that's the crisis that we're trying to qualify for right now is in-home care services. Good, 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 good. So, bottom line is one one power of attorney, uh, financial power of attorney, should do the trick for all purposes with the bank for taxes, for anything you need there. And the only issue there is just uh, you must have uh, the capacity to know, know that uh, she's giving that authority. And it sounds like she does, and that's not an issue. She and does. then it's worth it sounds like it's worth consulting on uh, with her limited resources that um, uh, you use them as effectively as possible uh, to uh, uh, uh you know, prepare funeral expenses or some other things that you can do with that money um, short of just handing it over to the state. Right. Right. And she knows not to gift it. And she's pretty cagey. Somebody tries to call her up and scam her. She says, you know, goodbye. Thanks for calling, but bye. And she's <laughs> leery of everyone. And so, um, yeah, we're, we don't want any money from her. We want it kept for her benefit. And so she's sharp enough to know when someone's jerking her leg, like Publishers Clearinghouse, offering her well, a free car. And she well, told them she'd love to have their help, but she's blind. But that's after she sucked them along and made a date. I'm grateful to you for helping to take care of, of uh, your friend. We need more people like you willing to step up that's lovely okay well terrific as long as those are the two documents we will have those signs within the week and she'll be in good shape uh dolly before you Bye. go um uh if you if you're interested just in case uh would you like the number for uh for life point law just if you wanted to consult about the uh power of attorney sure what would that be excellent all right are you ready yes all right so the number would be two five three Eight three eight. Eight three eight. Three four five four. Three four five four. Excellent. That's easy enough to remember. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for uh, <laughs> for your question, and your uh, and your uh, story about her, uh, Dolly. We do appreciate it, and I uh, hope all goes well.
Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Dolly. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, Scott, very interesting how that ties into our fourth story, which we ran out of time to get into, but it's a new Medicaid annuity and doing your homework. And I mean, this is very similar, obviously, with a Dolly situation. Yeah, the the, uh, the big uh, difference is, uh, you know, Medicaid, you know, two seconds of Medicaid, because there are misconceptions, long-term care expenses, Medicare does not cover it except under very limited circumstances. So how are we going to cover long? That's the biggest threat to most people's estate is long-term care expenses, the $100,000 plus a year. Uh, the key point of this article, which is a good one, is that, hey, people think I got to spend down to nothing. I got to spend all my money. And that's not true. What, what this says is, hey, the, the, the public policy is if one spouse becomes ill, the well spouse should not go to the poorhouse. And so the government says, hey, the, the, the healthy spouse can have the house, can have car, can have certain assets, a limited number of assets, and can have unlimited income. So the last point, then I'll let you move on, Tarek, is that this Medicaid annuity is essentially saying if you have assets over the limit, well, we can convert those assets into income. It's called a Medicaid qualifying annuity because you're allowed to have unlimited income. So for a married couple, if one spouse becomes ill uh, with a few nuances and wrinkles, uh, we can protect virtually all of the assets. You virtually don't have to spend down any of the assets, you know, in, in most circumstances. Uh, and one of the tools is this Medicare quali uh, Medicaid qualifying annuity, which the, the principle here is take the assets and return it as income to the well spouse because the well spouse can have unlimited income. Hmm. That's a good point. I think that's a that's very uh very good uh explanation. You had me at a loss for words there, Scott. Uh, so, again, uh, we're talking with Scott Schill of uh, LifePoint Law, uh, who's in for Rajiv this week. I am Tarek Ansari. You are listening to Aging Options, and uh, real quick, as we're about two and a half minutes from the end of the show, if people wanted to reach you, Scott, uh, because I mean, let's be fair, you've been on fire today with some of those things you've been saying. Actually, everything you've been saying. How can they reach you? Thanks, Tarek. Uh, yeah, give me a call at uh, 253-838-3454 or uh, yeah, drop an email to uh, is it information at lifepointlaw.com. Yes. And uh, I'd, be, I'd be delighted to talk to you. Indeed. This is this is a guy who knows his stuff. I'm telling you what. We don't mess around on this program. I mean, the only person who doesn't know much, sadly, is me. Everybody else knows a lot. They make up for it. Uh, so, again, well, you can reach. Say, I, I do want to say, Tarek, that my first, my, my grandpa bought me an 8-track. He brought me to the record store, let me buy an 8-track, mm -hmm. and I got Beach Boys Endless Summer. And yes. his response was, why do you want those, those, those greasy hippie uh, uh, music? <laughs> So I, uh, I'm i surprised that we're in the 63, 64, 65 uh, time. I'm interested is, in the answer here. That, well, let's find out because uh, we're going to finish off what year was it. So everybody get your guesses in. All right. So what year was it when the Voting Rights Act was passed, when a 6.5 magnitude earthquake hit Seattle, when the average gas price was 31 cents? And one of the tracks on your compilation on that eight track thing was this. All right. Was it 63, 64, 65? Our first guest comes from our board up, Ben. Well, I embarrassingly got the Voting Rights Act mixed up with the 19th Amendment, so uh, I'm just going to randomly say 66. Uh, 
well, that's not one of the options, but okay, fine. Uh, Scott, Scott, your, your guess. Well, I too, Ben, got, I got the Voting Rights Act mixed up with the Civil Rights Act of 64. But when I figured that distinction, uh, I, I'm going 65. 65. All right. The answer is 1965. Congratulations, Scott. You win. Ladies and gentlemen, a reminder, next Saturday, LifePoint Law is having a seminar in Olympia at 1.30 p.m. You sign up by going to LifePointLaw.com. Scott, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for being on this program, Agent Options. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Have a good one.